0: Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're Out to Lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Real estate development is one of those high-stakes businesses where most of the time, people with a stomach for taking risks and a lot of money, or at least access to a lot of money, put together ambitious plans for a piece of land, convince others to back them, and then build apartments or shopping centers or new office buildings and sell them at a profit, not including the hefty developer's fees they pay themselves along the way. It's a rich person's game, and most everyone else is left out. But does it have to be that way? My guests today, Will Bradshaw and Daniela Rivero Bryant, they don't think so. They think they've found a way to make real estate development not only accessible, but beneficial to the communities in which it takes place. Will and Daniela are the co-founders of Reimagine Development Partners, a company that does property development and is reimagining what that looks like. Like other developers, Reimagine takes advantage of the federal historic tax program. But unlike other developers, Reimagine replaces the lender, normally like a bank, with a crowdfunding model. In this way, members of the local community can chip in five to ten thousand dollars and become investors in the kind of property development deal normally reserved for financial institutions or wealthy investors. So regular folks get access to the kind of potential profit and the immediate real-world tax advantages normally only available, to the wealthy will and Daniela started the firm in 2022 he is a career real estate developer and a part-time professor at tulane where he was a founding member of the university's sustainable real estate development program prior to launching reimagine will founded green coast enterprises a triple bottom line company which means it is focused on people prosperity and the planet Daniela is an expert in urban disaster resilience and community development. Prior to launching Reimagine, she spent 15 years supporting the post-Katrina housing recovery in New Orleans and assisting local governments in Latin America with resilience and reducing poverty. Will and Daniela, it is so great to see you both again and to have you together explaining this really unique model. And congratulations on how far you have come with this. Will, I believe we are meeting on a significant day in the history of this company. Uh, You've proven in the real world now that this new business model actually works. Tell us what's going on.
2: Yeah, Stephanie, thank you so much. It's really great to see you Uh, and lovely to be with you here today. Uh, As you mentioned, we have, uh, as of last night at midnight, closed what we believe is the first successful community-led, crowdfunded, historic tax credit equity raise uh, in history. Um, Now that's quite a mouthful, right? Community-led, crowdfunded, historic tax credit equity. I can't even really say it all in one breath. Um, But what we're talking about here is a project in Baltimore that the building has been a funeral home for over a century. It was purchased by a local Baltimore real estate developer, a company called Temschel, led by a lifelong Baltimore resident, a guy named John Renner, uh, bought the building in 2021. Uh, at the behest of a local arts district, the local neighborhood association, other folks who are really invested in the future trajectory of this area. And they asked John specifically to acquire this site and to convert it to something that would support the artist community and the art scene in this area. Um, They have invested along with John uh, a whole series of public and philanthropic dollars that they've helped him obtain. And the last piece for John to really be able to put this whole project together was he needed to monetize the federal historic tax credits that the building was eligible for. So he needed to be able to turn them into cash. Uh, In this tax credit program, when you spend money to renovate an historic structure, you get a 20 cent federal historic tax credit for every dollar that you spend. So 20% of your eligible expenditures become this future tax credit. But those tax credits can only be allocated through a partnership. So you have to have a partner that comes in and and basically buys into your project in exchange for getting these tax credits in order to turn them into capital. And the companies that normally do that only want to buy into deals that are $10 million or bigger. And this is an 8,000 square foot building uh, in the middle of a Baltimore neighborhood. It's an old three-story home, actually, what it was when it was originally constructed, before it became the funeral home. So the market for John to be able to sell what amounted to about $360,000 of historic tax credits is basically non-existent. Um, and what we have been able to do is to put together a structure that capitalized on the relationships that John has built throughout his whole life in Baltimore and capitalized on the energy around this project, this conversion of this funeral home to artist studios, a restaurant bar, office space for creative businesses. And we were able to sell those $360,000 of historic tax credits to John's friends, neighbors to this project, people that have wanted to see it happen Uh, And we were able to leverage that local investment with some larger investors from outside of Baltimore.
1: So, Daniela, is this like um, sort of the quintessential example of of what Reimagine Development Partners does or seeks to do at scale all around the country, hopefully, and, and certainly here as well, A? And then, B, how did you... Like advertise this. How did you get those neighbors and partners and
3: you know friends of the developer and community stakeholders in on this deal? Well, um, first of all, yes. This is one of the this is the basic uh, quintessential type of work that we do. We partner with developers who might be um, smaller to medium developers working on redeveloping buildings that may not be attractive to big investors. And then we bring in, uh, well, we open up the investment really to the community members, to the developer's friends, and to anybody that's interested in, in, in making an investment. Um, for the parlor in Baltimore, it was a, a, a Conjointed effort in advertising the uh, opportunity to invest between the developer who advertised to everybody that he knew in Baltimore to his friends his family who are really some of the main investors in this project Um, starting at $2,500 and that's where he wanted to set the uh, bottom of the investment and so he it was through him. It was through us. Um, also, we had um, the. All the projects are posted on the uh, CommonOwner.com website, and this is a portal where you can purchase uh, and invest in in property. And so, they um, the we also had. Um, Investment meetings and webinars for anybody that was interested in investing and may have come across the project But didn't really understand how this works that you're going to receive a tax credit certificate once the project is completed the tax credits that uh, You purchase or that you invest in um, uh, Investors are able to use for um, the next five years they can carry them forward as well, and they get a little bit of the proceeds from the project as the project is operating during the first five years.
1: And who are these you know, small-scale investors that you're talking about? Because I'm imagining, and perhaps incorrectly, that people who live, say, or are community leaders in a neighborhood that is transitioning, um, or a neighborhood that has a lot of blighted property that's ripe for redevelopment, may not really be in a position To have anything to invest you know I mean they might be lucky if they have their own house but not able to invest five or ten thousand dollars in a piece of real estate and certainly may not have any idea what that even really means right so who who are these people is there a a target demographic
2: really is a mixed bag Stephanie that um, we've built something that is accessible to most people, right? I mean, you're right to point out not everybody has even $2,500 to invest, um, but a lot of people actually do. And this is also not $2,500 that's just uh, available as free cash flow. It really is $2,500 that you are going to pay in taxes in the future. Um, so it's it's a different kind of bucket. It's in some ways an expense offset. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of investable capital. Um, But then we also need, especially to do this at scale, um, some participation from the same institutional and accredited type investors that might not be the biggest companies in the country, right? Not the U.S. banks or the chases or whatever, but regional banks or local real estate developers and investors that have been successful, uh, et cetera, to participate in the same way. And we have a really interesting mix in this project for the parlor, right, that we have a $2,500 investor who is a lady who lives around the corner, and she wants to see her neighborhood be better. And so she sort of stepped out and said, like, I'm going to put my money behind this. Uh, And she invested, and that's amazing. And we have most of the project team that is building the project with John, the the architects, the um, environmental consultants, et cetera. Um, people like that have invested along with him. Uh, in addition, we have a very successful, uh, now sort of partially retired, uh, and in some ways moved into a different career, uh, real estate developer. A guy who's done a lot of work in Baltimore over 30 years and just found us. And he was like, This is cool, and it's important for my city, and I really. You know, love what you're doing, so he put some money in, um, and then we have um, you know good friends of John who have been very successful uh, that they put money in. Um, that so it's this whole combination of these different people. Okay. Uh, we also have a, a very successful real estate investor from New York uh, who took a, a substantial chunk of the investment.
1: How many other kind of projects do y'all have? Um- in the pipeline right now? Obviously this is a great example of one, but are there several other that you're hoping will pop you know, in the months to come?
2: Um, our pipeline is roughly 40 projects that are roughly $300 million worth of redevelopment hmm. in 15 states all over the country. And that completing all of those projects would be equivalent to a 1% reduction in the greenhouse gas emissions from the entire U.S. transportation sector um, because they are historic renovations. So kind of interesting metrics for what we're looking at at the moment.
3: We really are targeting, uh, like Will said, a mixed bag of investors. But we want to open up the opportunity for small investors to be able to get in. Um, and you said it right, some most people might not even own their house. but. Perhaps the idea of how we build wealth nowadays uh, is changing, and I think that's one of our biggest challenges for marketing. I think some people might think this is a scam. This is not a scam. (laughs) Um, And also, some people actually uh, wanted to donate the money, which is really interesting to me that you'd be more willing to part with your money and give it out as a donation than actually do the investment. So I think that... um, one of the challenges of Reimagine and, and one of our goals is to change how, uh, especially younger people who don't have access to a lot of money, but who pay taxes, see investment.
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Daniela Rivero obrien and Will Bradshaw of Reimagine Development Partners. We'll be right back
0: after this short break. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from a data Corporate Staffing. Basic Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment Since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, Available in Select Grocery Stores, and Rev Realtors. You're
1: listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Daniela Rivero Bryant and Will Bradshaw from Reimagine Development Partners. Will, what was y'all's motivator in doing this? Was it to reimagine building wealth or just the whole way that real estate development is done to make it more accessible or to really, um, you know, target like sustainable, meaningful, you know, triple bottom line real estate projects um, in neighborhoods that need help. What was it really behind this company uh, formation?
2: I think there's two, two kind of primary motivators for me. One is that the historic tax credit industry as it works now is a great way to support projects in top 100 or top 150 metros mm-hmm. that are 30 or 40,000 square feet and bigger. So, if we're thinking about Louisiana and you've got a project in New Orleans or Baton Rouge that is 30 or 40,000 feet, awesome. Yeah. This industry is going to be all over figuring out how to monetize that. Everything else in the state mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit of a push. And you know as well as we do, 95% of the projects are not that. Right. And the things that really make a difference in, you know, Main Street, in Opelousas or, you know, in renovating um, buildings in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, um, you know, are not necessarily these sort of big, glamorous, headline grabbing projects. Mm-hmm. They're the five thousand, six thousand, ten thousand square foot buildings that really transform a neighborhood. Um, Building by building piece by piece and those buildings are on the sideline. So that's been one major motivator for us Uh, The second motivator for us is really the wealth building opportunity Um, And it Daniela has has pulled out some research That shows that projects that get tax leveraged real estate investments actually have over time an increase in wealth inequality Um, and We think an approach like this could address that uh, and actually change that reality over time where that community gets an opportunity to participate in the rising tide of redevelopment using money that you're basically borrowing from Uncle Sam. Hmm. Right, you're investing your future tax liability and using that to buy real estate in your own space, in your own place.
3: Yeah, for me, um, you know, I'm trained as an economist, so this is a very clear marketing efficiency where a lot of the middle and smaller projects are left out of the market just because the transactional cost is too high. And uh, because the main investors in these historic tax credits um, are playing with economies of scale. So, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's a good point. Break that
1: down for the listener. I mean, the transactional cost, it, just, it costs too much to do it that they just don't get
3: done because... Correct. The returns not enough oh. so um, if you have a project that where you can put in hundred million dollars and get 20 million dollars in tax credits um, that's one transaction for the bank right so the bank will put together a team of attorneys etc to create a partnership with the developer but the bank in one chunk is going to receive uh, 20 million dollars of worth of tax credits that would be the same as the, de- the bank partnering up with 10 developers that are working on $10 million projects, but then the transaction costs are multiplied by 10. Right? So you need 10 teams of lawyers, you need 10 uh, rounds of uh, negotiation for the partnership, et cetera. And so what that does is that it gives the banks or a, a large financial institution an incentive to only work on larger projects. That's the economy of, of scale. That And that's understandable. Their goal is to make profits. So you want to minimize your costs, your, especially how, many, how much you're paying on, on the transactions, and your risk. Um, The problem with that is that you're leaving out all the $5 million renovations that could be happening in in small downtowns and spur economic development because it's just not an efficient business for your particular way of doing business. So for me, really, that's the most interesting part is kind of coming in and looking at identifying a marketing efficiency where these smaller developers are stuck and they can't monetize the credits, normally what you're going to do is just not use the credits and and just do a regular uh, finance development where you don't uh, go through all the effort of getting the credits. And of course that leaves the credits at the table too, right? And um, so there's a lot of uh, issues I think with the process that really um, upset me, (laughs) not upset me, but uh, bother me and that I can clearly see as things that we could overcome and also bring in more people to play at the table. Nice.
1: Are the developers in this model making as much money as they would ordinarily? Um, or are their fees less? I don't know. How, how does that
3: work? Yeah, our model has a better outcome for the developer. And that's also about reimagining the partnership. That's why the name of our company uh, was born. Uh, it's all about really having a win-win um, type of partnership with the developer, as opposed to, I win as much as I can, and you have to wait until you can win um, <laughs> because you don't have the, the resources.
2: Uh, yeah, I think just to add a little bit to that, um, Stephanie, one of the things that I say a lot in meetings with developers is that we are, we are very familiar with the religious experience of signing a guarantee for more money than you have. Right, like mm-hmm. I have done this mm-hmm. for 20 years, um, and that that's scary, right? That is terrifying. It's probably a little bit insane, um, but it is how projects happen, and we've tried to build a process that really honors the guts that these small entrepreneurs have when they're willing to take that on, when they're willing to say, you know, we're going to make this place different, and we're going to sign up. And I'm going to put my entire personal financial well-being on the line to make this happen. But that's what these developers are are basically saying when they sign up. And unless you've gone through that experience, you don't really know what it's like.
3: Yeah, well, and the inequality part, too. You have to understand that when you are an investor in a project, you're going to be reaping those benefits. Right. Large investors are not everywhere. And so if there is a way, and so the, the big... Benefits of big projects go out. They might not even stay even if we do a hundred million dollar renovation in New Orleans The banks that are funding those renovations might be publicly owned and might be those profits are going to people who have large uh, amounts of wealth and so the idea of being able to open up the investment Investment in real estate, that is something we normally think of as something expensive and that you require a lot of money for. Stephanie, yesterday I was looking at a product that a famous tech company just put out. I'm not trying to advertise for them. But um, this new product is going, is the, the first uh, version of it is around $4,000. And my first thought was, I was chatting with my son, and my son said, well, why don't you, instead of getting that for me, let's invest it in one of your projects. Because he realizes that, oh, wow, you you could have this object that you're going to use, and in two years, it won't have any value. Or instead we could just keep watching regular TV but invest in something and build something up. So when we think about, oh, people just don't have, normal people just don't have enough money to invest, we really need to think about everybody's paying taxes. You are investing money that you will be paying in taxes. So it's not just like a treat or a donation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is that I do think there's a very different sense of community when, as a community developer, when people in the neighborhood are able to have some ownership or some interest stake in a project that's going up of course
1: um so you mentioned that you've got uh, 40 projects in the pipeline well are any of them in louisiana
2: two of them are in baton rouge and uh working with a really talented developer um who is working in the south baton rouge area actually went through the master's program at tulane was my student a half dozen years ago um, and he went to school in the neighborhood he's now redeveloping lives in the neighborhood he's now redeveloping It's a guy named Anthony Kimball sure. uh, and he's been yeah. prominent in this effort that he calls by the block um, where he's trying to help people around the country particularly African American developers purchase and redevelop property in their own neighborhoods um, really great story really talented uh, fun guy to be working with and we've got two projects that, that should be uh, online soon with him uh, to raise money in Baton
1: Rouge. And then people can buy into this. I mentioned, this is probably my last question we have time for, but the crowdfunding model, there, there's a platform for this and anybody can invest or you're targeting anyone say in that immediate area?
3: That's our first uh, model is to target the people in the immediate area because we believe that people walking by can see the building and and get excited about it and be interested in investing. But the crowd-funded model is online. So anybody around the country, anyone who pays taxes can invest in these projects that generate tax credits and receive tax credits back um, in the next five years um, and also have some um, profits on that investment. Well, Daniela Rivera O'Brien and Will Bradshaw, this has been so
1: interesting and so much fun. It's always inspirational to meet people who are thinking outside the box, reimagining, to use your words, new ways of doing things to make our communities better and stronger. I wish we had more time to dig into your fascinating business model. Thank you both so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank
3: you, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having us. Anybody interested in looking at the projects we're working on can go to our website, reimaginedp.com, and see what projects are being crowdfunded for and participate as well. Excellent. And we have links on our website. Thank
1: you, Stephanie my guests today on out to lunch have been will bradshaw and Daniela rivero bryant of reimagined development partners we edited this show to fit into our time slot here on wrkf you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about will and daniella on the out to lunch baton rouge podcast you can find and subscribe to the out to lunch baton rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website it's batonrouge.la If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Peter Raschuti and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to
0: Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to two, for dinner nightly and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures will allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.